I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is our host each and every week. The subject of an extensive radio series prior to this and a subject of uh, the subject of a documentary and the author of 15 books, including Before the Alamo, which is her latest. And she is 88 years young now. She just celebrated her 88th birthday, and she just never stops. And it just never, never ends. And as long as you keep those those legs moving and that mind moving, uh, it, it, no end in sight for Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Doc, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you, Frank. <laughs> and I understand you're doing better. Yeah. And so I, I'm very pleased to hear that. Yeah, well, for those uh, listening who don't know what uh, what the doc is talking about, I, I uh, tested positively, uh, positive for COVID-19. And, uh, you know, so far, uh, so good. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I got both of my vaccinations, and, and I ended up... Um, um, not getting the booster shot, unfortunately, uh, because they offered me the uh, the Moderna, and at the last minute, I didn't want to mix and match. I had I had the two um, Pfizer's before that, and I was about to get on a plane the next day, and I ended up getting canceled anyway. But I was I didn't want to go on with symptoms, so uh, I wonder. I'm second guessing myself whether I w- if I would have taken that, if I would have been just fine. I got the infusion yesterday, and listen, a lot of people got a lot worse than me, Doc. So I'm not complaining. Yes, well, I'm glad you did it, and uh, you sound much better than you did the last time I talked to you. Yeah. I, I, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling better. The infusion should be kicking in. Uh, how about you? Uh, you you just celebrated your 88th birthday. One of the things that you would just tell me about uh, off off mic is uh, is the Odyssey that, that comes by. You got to remember to renew your birthday. I'm sorry, your your your. Uh, your driver's license and and everything else is a, a lot of things that come uh, at, once you get to a certain uh, certain uh, point in your life that you got to remember to do. If not, boy, if they start making you take road tests again and things like that, uh, that would be a hassle. Yes, uh, I I had to do. Actually, I only had to take the vision test, uh, but uh, of course they had me. Uh, sign an affidavit that I was in good health and had had my shots and all that. Um, but uh, at at my age, I believe it's every five years, we're supposed to take a test of one sort or another, and vision is the most important, obviously, for driving. And so I passed the vision test and got a provisional license with which I can drive. I will be in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, uh, for uh, Christmas with my cousins up there uh, and I did not want to risk driving with a lapsed driver's license so I hastened to get get my license renewed and so I now have a provisional permit uh, and the real thing will come in probably in January early January but what I my major experience was thanks to the physician, the doctor and PhD, both from Bulgaria. His name is Janko Yankov, and uh, he knows all the doctors in town, I think. He's amazing. And he had told me about this young doctor who had invented a new way to save the feet, legs and feet, of people who have diabetes, who are regularly having their lower limbs uh, amputated. And I have seen that over and over at my church, which is a Hispanic church. And the people are generally poor, and their diet uh, promotes diabetes. And I I think they're diabetes-prone in any case, hereditarily. But they come in in wheelchairs with one one leg uh, missing its, its lower half or a foot gone, or even toes gone. Uh, so um, I know that it's a major problem in San Antonio. I think we have the highest rate of diabetic amputations in the country. And this young doctor has invented a way of opening the veins, uh, the artery, actually. Uh, the, this is the major artery that goes uh, down. It, it, it splits 
uh, at the crotch and the and it goes down both legs. It's the huge artery that feeds the legs all the way down to the feet. And the problem with diabetes is that uh, uh, blockages occur in the uh, in the lower legs. So your feet get colder and colder and. Uh, pretty soon the circulation is cut off and then the flesh begins to decay uh, because it's getting no sustenance from uh, from the arterial system. It's really cut off from the heart. And so that's why when you have an, uh, an exam, certainly at my age, they always check the pulse in your feet, which seems strange, but that's why. And... Uh, we always meet at a restaurant chain, one of the uh, 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 one of the branches of this chain, which is called La Madeleine. And uh, uh, normally, we go over my corrections of Dr. Yankov's book, uh, which is um, uh, uh, Human Brain Evolution. And I am one of my uh, one of my means of making a little extra money uh, is to edit people's books, and so I'm editing this very complex medical book, uh, which is about the history of the growth in size and complexity of the brain as it went through uh, millennia of of evolution and arrived at uh, Homo sapiens or sapiens, as most people pronounce that word. Um, and, uh, uh, and so uh, we, were, we were scheduled to discuss that. But uh, the uh, uh, young doctor, not, not the, the uh, one who invented the new procedure, but a, another uh, neurologist um, uh, had joined Dr. Yankov. And Dr. Yankov wanted to take him over to the lab um, actually, the office, which includes a mini hospital, operating room, and all, um, and uh, have have the inventor show all of us uh, a film of the procedure that he performed on this gentleman who was on that very day scheduled to have his foot amputated, and the. The young physician whose name I was given, but it was in such a Bulgarian accent that I didn't catch what it was. I will have to uh, to find out before the next broadcast. But in any case, this amazing young doctor had uh, told the man, don't go to the hospital to have your, your foot amputated, come to me. I, I will try a procedure on you. I don't guarantee it will work. But uh, you have nothing to lose, so come to me. He did. And so the, uh, the three of us then, Dr. Yankov, this other young doctor, and me, uh, we all stood there and watched the film. And what happened was this. Uh, the young inventor um, of the new procedure introduced a wire into the artery at at the uh, groin and put it down the leg and then he put another wire into the foot into the artery uh, which was on, which was closed almost it was just a, a thread of an artery left down there and he threaded very gently and very carefully he threaded the wire up to the other one, and the the two of them joined, and he had the uh, uh, he explained how they attached to each other, what they did, and he then cleared and widened the artery just the way you do it with an angioplasty, and then he withdrew the wires, and blood began to flow into that foot. You could see it, and the patient shouted, oh, I can feel my foot. Oh my it's the God. first time I've wow. felt my foot in weeks. So the foot was saved. He did not have to have an amputation. Fortunately, his foot had not started to rot yet because uh, this intervention took place just in time to, to stop that sort of uh, of. Uh, 
decay in the foot. So uh, we ha now have, this is the first time this has been done in the world. Amazing. And it, it is a clear means of saving people's feet and legs. And it's a clear way of saving lives because as soon as you're missing a foot or a piece of your leg, uh, you're not going to be productive anymore. And a lot of people just curl up and die after that happens to them because they have no longer any incentive to live. And so uh, we have a discovery of how to go about, and it's actually uh, medicine that has been practiced on the heart for years, many years by now. Yeah. And it can also be practiced on other extremities, so on the extremities of the body. Uh, so there you are. That's, that was my adventure of the day. You know, Doc, I, and I'm, then I got home barely in time to pick up the phone when you rang, Frank. You know, <laughs> I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that uh, that this was the first time this was done. I mean, this is an uh, amazing experience. It, it, you're watching somebody's life um, possibly be saved, but certainly that foot saved. Uh, what an incredible uh, innovation or invention or what, whatever. But I mean, um, yeah, angioplasty. That's uh, you know kind of the balloon that that pumps up the uh, the artery, right, to open up and uh, and clear the lines. And th this is kind of the same, uh, you know. The, well, it's it's exactly the same principle. It, it's just amazing that uh, that this is the first time it's done. What what an experience yes. that must have been. Yes, right. And Doctor Yankov had uh, contributed a machine that enables. Uh, this young physician to decide whether he whether it's worth doing, because if there's absolutely no vibration in the uh, artery or in the foot, uh, when that machine is applied to it, if it can't feel anything moving, then it's probably too late already. So, uh, so that's another contribution to this whole science that is going to grow now uh, and I'm sure that it will cost people a lot of money but but when you consider the fact that it's their life really at stake uh, I think any amount of money is worth it yeah amazing just absolutely amazing yeah you're not kidding I mean that's just that is just wonderful what a what an experience and uh, what a what a brilliant man this sounds like yes oh and Dr. Yankov too um, he Dr. Yankov uh, was confident that this would work, uh, and uh, I'm sure he encouraged the young man to try uh, to, to try to save this foot, because he could. He, his machine told told the doctor uh, that there was still life in that foot, and therefore the possibility of bringing it back to normal life, not just bare existence. So. Uh, that was my experience, and now uh, I have uh, something that I uh, mulled over, and that is um, political. <laughs> uh, as as often, I, I do political broadcasts, and this one is about uh, Paul Krugman's article on uh, the GOP bashing Build Back Better's plan for the future. Um, and some of you have read the article, I expect, because it was published yesterday in my paper and maybe the day before in the New York Times. I don't know. But in any case, um, Paul Krugman makes a very good case for passing the Build Back Better plan if we can get by two of our Democrats who are blocking the whole thing. Uh, because they refuse to allow uh, the filibuster to be uh, to be uh, set aside uh, for the vote, and um, a, mere, a mere majority vote would pass the bill, as bills used to pass the Senate. 100% of the time with a, a mere majority vote and not 60%. Uh, and this filibuster thing, you can just uh, call in, apparently. Just call in and say, I'm filibustering this bill, and then the bill is dead. And that is a, an incredible abuse. 
that should be prohibited, uh, the filibuster rules. If they're going to maintain the filibuster rules, they should go back to the beginning when people had to stand up and argue their case in order to filibuster something. Mr. Smith As it is Washington. now, all they have to do is post a an objection. I object to this bill, uh, so um, I'm filibustering there, and it's gone. And, of course, the Republicans are routinely filibustering everything because they want Biden to fail. They want him to be a one-term president who had uh, achieved very little, as if uh, as if the, uh, uh, the COVID uh, saving uh, bill that passed uh, for uh, COVID relief, as if that wasn't something enormous already. Uh, and uh, I think that was in the trillions of dollars. And it has indeed saved all those people who have taken their vaccines uh, and would have saved the nation had uh, 100% or even 90% of the population taken the vaccines. Um, so he has achieved that, which is uh, held against him by the Republicans. And he has passed the infrastructure bill, uh, which was bipartisan, much to the disgust of former President uh, Donald Trump, uh, who is uh, who is uh, calling the uh, the Republican senators who voted for that infrastructure bill traitors. Wow. So, anyway, getting back to Build Back Better, that is the second half of uh, President Biden's um, uh, program for helping the United States go into the future with dignity and uh, helping the poor come out of the uh, of the doldrums, out of the worst of, of their poverty. And we may have lost Doc for a second here. You're listening to the Dr. Florence Weinberg Show. And Doc, if uh, if you're there, we lost you a bit. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna try her back. And uh, you know, one of the things that that I always um, I always think of when people say filibuster, I I think Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And uh, Doc, we haven't missed oh. a beat. Uh, we we lost you for a second. And you were just in the yes, middle. Yes, you did. Yeah. Um, yes, I don't know uh, what happened there, but all of a sudden I was talking to nobody. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> yeah, we lost you. We, we, you know, we, we, uh, we couldn't hear you any longer. Uh, but please continue. Do you know where we lost you? Yes, uh, I was just about to go into uh, Paul Krugman's article yes. proper, um, and he he says that it is anybody's guess. Uh, whether Build Back Better will become law. But what uh, we do know uh, that it will have to, if it makes it through, it will have to weather a perfect storm of bad faith, bad logic, and bad, bad arithmetic, he says. And then he goes about proving it in the article. Uh, he says, primarily, Build Back Better, I think I'll call it BBB uh, for short, uh, is primarily a plan to invest in America's future. And one-third of the, uh, of the uh, spending, the proposed spending, is on children. And that is definitely on our future. Uh, child care, pre-K, and tax credits. And uh, those, three, uh, those three causes, those three goals, uh, would greatly reduce childhood poverty in this country, which is a scandal for uh, the great country that we are. And the second third is uh, spending to re restructure the uh, economy to limit climate change. In other words, uh, to phase out uh, fossil fuels and, uh, and other things of that sort. Uh, and if... Um, uh, and uh, both of these, uh, these two-thirds of that bill, uh, are definitely uh, future.
future-oriented, so Biden is looking to the future of this country. And the investments would be highly productive. For it's uh, certainly true, obviously true, of uh, investing in our children, because uh, disadvantaged children uh, do not do well. They usually don't even graduate high school, and then they're destined for menial jobs. But if you feed them and educate them, then the benefits are huge. Uh, so the children may uh, the, the uh, aid to the children may pay for itself over the long run, and the same is true for the environmental investment uh, because uh, it will do away with such things as uh, dependence on fossil fuels, of course. But uh, not only that, there are other uh, greenhouse gases uh, that. Uh, uh, natural gas for one, methane, uh, methane from raising uh, cattle in cattle pens, for instance, apparently produces huge amounts of methane um, from the uh, uh, from the uh, defecation from the uh, from the uh, uh, waste products that uh, the cattle produce, and concentrated in those. Uh, huge pens, uh, it's a vast amount of uh, methane rising from that one spot. Uh, and also, there are um, other pollutants that uh, uh, that are moving away from um, uh, petroleum products and other, uh, other polluting products uh, would do away with. Uh, so... So, for instance, there is uh, there's sulfur and there is nitrous oxide, both of which have been poisoning people quietly, silently, uh, and also uh, uh, causing crops to fail or uh, what the, uh, their potential is. So if you reduce sulfur, uh, especially and nitrous oxide, uh, the increase in uh, in plant production and food production would be enormous. And we haven't heard much about that, but I'm sure that is true. So uh, so investing in our environment would obviously help the economy uh, greatly in the future, as and it would help uh, nurture our population as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, you know, there's, there's so many... Uh, um, uh, I don't know about articles, books, and everything that have touched on on similar subjects, and hopefully we are uh, we are heading in the <laughs> in the right direction. It, uh, now you know with everything uh, you know moving at least uh, with the Biden plan. Uh, prior to this, I, I had no confidence uh, in in any direction that we were going in for for the four years prior, but. Um, that's right. Yeah. There were there was no direction really in the four years prior. Uh, now Krugman says that he can't remember the last time leading figures in the GOP seriously had a uh, an important engagement with real policy concerns, and he holds up the the last one he can remember is under the Reagan uh, administration uh, was the enactment of the Children's Health Insurance Program in 1997. Mm. Uh, let's see, was that... Uh, that may not be Reagan. I'm not, I think that was past Reagan. That was under Bush. No, in 97 was Clinton, right? Or Clinton, yeah. yeah. Well, no, he says, he says the GOP, the GOP seriously engaged. There must have been a, a bipartisan bill Oh, I'm oh, sure it was that a was Gingrich. Bill. That was Gingrich in the House, and uh, and uh, maybe Dole uh -huh. in the Senate, right? I mean, uh, that was right. That's what right, right. Yeah, interesting. So, but 1997—that's a long time ago by now. No doubt. Yeah, that's uh, roughly 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so since then, uh, he says it has been bad faith ever since. <laughs> quote, unquote. 
<laughs> and then he goes on to say that the most important source of opposition to BBB is simply the desire to see Biden fail while keeping the rich as rich as possible. And uh, he says, well, there may be some sincere concern that uh, the bill would uh, increase the budget deficit. However, he argues, that is, uh, Krugman argues, uh, that um, the budget office says that the spending uh, it would almost be or is almost completely paid for. Uh, and attempts to claim otherwise are not credible. But even if the deficit did rise, why wouldn't that be such a bad thing? So uh, uh, Krugman is always in favor of spending uh, with future the future in mind, that is the future benefit of uh, what the spending is for. And there's someone named Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. You know, billionaire. You know him? Multi-billionaire. Yeah. He declares that Build Back Better would increase the budget deficit. Um, and the interesting uh, – he, he, of course, holds up business models as the ideal uh, way to run, run the government. And uh, so Krugman then holds up Tesla uh, as a business model. Uh, and he says that Tesla, founded in 2003, had its first profitable year in 2020, and therefore spent 17 years spending more money than it was taking in because it was investing in the future. Of course, and that is true, and that is a business model that that the government is actually trying to follow if the Republicans will only uh, allow it to do so. And um, he says most of the proposed spending would consist of highly productive investments. And uh, it, uh, it, the Republicans would say, well, uh, it, uh, it, it would, if, it, if you're not going to that it will increase the deficit and that that's a bad thing. If you're going to argue the contrary, we will add the, this, that it will certainly um, it will certainly worsen inflation. Mm. And he says, talk like this mainly seems to involve failure to do the math. <laughs> For example, by confusing decades with single years and failing to divide by the gross domestic product. He said it's true that the bill's $1.75 trillion price tag is a lot of money, but that spending is over 10 years, which means that the annual outlays would be far smaller than the, uh, uh, the $1.9 trillion rescue plan passed earlier this year. Or for that matter, the $768 billion annual defense bill that the House passed last week without a squeak. Nobody objected. Nobody said this was inflationary or was adding to the deficit. Nobody said a thing. They just passed it. Uh, as they just passed the $1.9 trillion uh, rescue plan. So... He says much of the spending would be paid for with new taxes. That, that must be uh, added into the equation as well. And it should be put in, in context. The U.S. economy is, the text is, enormous. And the budget notice, the budget office estimates that in the first year, Build Back Better would expand the deficit by and here is the figure, 0% of gross domestic product. Wow. Wow. And that number would shrink over time wow. because of taxes, because of increased production, because all sorts of benefits to the uh, nation's poor. And, of course, uh, the nation's rich would help pay for it instead of going off scot-free. 
Uh, so, I, I mean, you know, how well thought out is this? I mean, this is a, a, a good job, good, good column. Yes. Yeah, well, I think it was a, a pretty brilliant column. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to convince a soul because people who have are holding the opposite position will hold it no matter how illogical it may be because they are, first of all, following uh, Donald Trump's uh, behests, his, uh, his demands uh, and orders, uh, whether they're logical mm-hmm. or not. Uh, and uh, they really have very poor excuses. It's uh, uh, increasing the national debt and increasing uh, uh, inflation. Those are the two. And uh, uh, and Krugman argues that expanding the economy would increase product, uh, production and would probably reduce the inflation over time. Mm. Uh, he doesn't think it'll all happen at once, but people have to have faith that it will happen, and he argues cogently uh, why it would happen. So he admits that, of course, BBB is not perfect, but it's the best legislation we're likely to get for years to come, and claims that we should let this opportunity pass out of concern over fiscal responsibility or inflation are uninformed at best and dishonest at worst. And those are his last words. Wow. What an excellent what an excellent job he did on this. Um, I don't know that'll it'll make much of a difference, but at least people like you and well actually here's where <clears throat> here's where it would make a difference is if uh, and again, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if the uh, if the Roe versus Wade um, argument is going to be coming down to a showdown in June, and the the Democrats and moderate Republican women and and Republican women and moderate Republicans in general uh, come out and vote against Republicans uh, because of that, and on top of that, if Donald Trump announces that he'll be running for a president a proof positive in 2024 uh democrats will come out now it doesn't mean that this bill will get get passed but if those two things happen uh there there is a there's a real chance that the democrats could win the uh win the midterm elections if those two things happen and again certainly uh i i'm not cheering that roe versus wade gets overturned but um the uh the the people that um, that that could overturn it are are there you know I guess Roberts yes. would be the one that you would think would be uh, uh, the wild card but uh, yes but right. other than that if 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 it's scary enough for people to get up and wake up during the midterm and say you know what we got to get out and we have to we have to support the Democrats if that happens uh, it's only going to happen because it's an anti-Trump and it's an anti-pro-life um, uh, um, uh, position that people would be coming out, and uh, and then maybe they could pass this the next, you know, uh, in in the next year. But if they don't pass it this year, with it being this close, and and we're on the same trajectory where it doesn't look like the Democrats are going to pick up any seats. In fact, it looks like at this point that they'll lose seats. Um, this is the last chance that you have to pass this bill. You agree? Yes. Yes, that, that's true. <laughs> and we have to convince Cinema and Mansion uh, to go along to vote oh, f- for it. Uh, and then filibuster or no, it's already uh, a bill that the BBB is already a bill that would pass with a simple majority. Uh, so uh, according to the rules of the Senate. Uh, that was agreed to before, and so it can be. It's only those two senators who are holding up the process. Um, and whether you sneer and say, well, they're Democrats, uh, uh, party doesn't matter. What does matter is that these two people are holding up 
for the same reasons the Republicans are holding it up or are bashing it, uh, because they're saying it will add to the deficit and increase inflation. That's what both of them, especially Manchin, are saying, and uh, Kruger is proving the opposite. So I think people should read, uh, should replay what what I just presented, which is essentially Krugman, uh, or read Krugman himself, who is far more eloquent. Uh, so uh, there we are. Either we vote for it or we let it pass, and American children in, in particular are going to suffer. No doubt. Uh, by the way, those two that you mentioned, uh, Manchin and Cinema, are dinos, uh, Democrats in name only. Uh, there's nothing, you know, I guess other than uh, pro, uh, they're both pro-choice, I believe, right? They're both, yeah. yeah so, I mean, other than that, I mean, for the most part, they're, uh, they're Republicans for all intents and purposes. Yes. Unfortunately, they are. And they think, they think they're, help, they're pleasing their constituents by doing that. And I, I sort of felt that. But they're certainly in injuring the country. There's no, no doubt. Amazing. What, what, a, what power in two people's hands that, um, that you, you can't, I mean, it just, you, you saw it in, uh, in Manchin. I, I think people were, uh, were underestimating uh, the power that cinema would have. Everyone was saying Manchin is going to be the, you know, is, is going to be the one, uh, you know the one deciding factor here, and then uh, you know now it's a now it's a duo, it's a duo of yeah. cinema and mansion, and um, you know we uh, we saw it coming, and we you know, and then the other thing that that was hard to gauge was uh, whether whether the Republicans that spoke up in the Senate against Trump, namely uh, Mitt Romney, who showed you know great courage speaking out. Against Trump and uh, and and uh, uh, what is it, Mikowski and Collins, right? Uh, but the only thing is that once now that President Trump is no longer President Trump, um, they've fallen in line with Mitch McConnell, and uh, right. you know it's just it's it's government by blockage. Yes, uh, in in effect, the, uh, the the Republican Party hasn't governed at all. Uh, as Krugman points out, since uh, 1997, it was the last time they uh, engaged in passing something wholeheartedly. Uh, so that's 25 years of nothing from the Republican Party. Wow. Uh, and wow. people don't realize that, yeah, I think. Something. Wow. And he lays it out so beautifully. Uh, it really, uh, what, what, a, what an article. What a uh, what a column I should say, and uh, you know, brilliantly written. Yes, I've I've always uh, followed uh, Paul Krugman. I think he has always has something cogent to say, but this one was outstanding. So, so I thought I would bring it to, uh, to people's attention, those who haven't read it or even thought along these lines, but have heard the litany of. Increasing the deficit and the inflation over and over and over again to the point where people are believing it. Do you know, in, in general, I'm an optimist, and I would think that you're you're basically an optimist, also. But I I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel in regards to any of this. To be honest with you, I don't think Mansion uh, or Cinema are gonna uh, are gonna find religion, so to speak. I don't think they're going to fall back in line, and, and I don't think any of the, the Republicans are going to um, bail their stations. They're going to stick with the Republicans and go right down the line. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't see any light at the un, end of the tunnel, and I, 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 don't, um, I don't remember the last time I've ever felt that way. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. It's really very bleak. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping that uh, that Manchin, uh, if Manchin decides to go with this bill, uh, then I think Cinema may follow suit. Uh, right. So no I'm doubt. hoping she's following that, Manchin. She'll. Yes. She's following Manchin's lead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, President Biden uh, is talking to Manchin. I know. 
Uh, I don't know whether uh, that man is persuadable. Certainly, public opinion hasn't dented him in the least. And I think a great majority of the Democrats have uh, written or called or emailed (laughs) or communicated in some way uh, that they want this bill to pass because it benefits both the planet and uh, the American people and particularly children. Uh, And to be opposed to that uh, seems to me uh, insane, (laughs) simply (laughs) beyond beyond, uh, understanding. (laughs) There it is. Yeah, I I tend to be pessimistic also about the election coming up, the midterm. Uh, Every intelligent forecast forecast uh, the republic taking over and so if anything is going to get done it has to be done now yeah. and that goes for the uh, voting rights bill and the john lewis bill for those they have to be done because otherwise as i said last week we have lost our democracy because the republicans are uh, conspiring in every on every level uh, in all three uh branches of government, they have things locked up so that they will uh, take ch- take charge of the judiciary, of course the executive, uh, and the legislature. They already uh, have practically taken that. All they need is uh, one more senator uh, to, uh, to increase their number to 51, and off they go to destroy and block anything for the next the next years, the next two years, and maybe after that as well. God only knows. But it's bleak. Well, for those who are are hoping for movement, hoping for uh, for progress, uh, those obviously on the the democratic uh, end uh, who who well, actually, I I I won't even say that. I'll say anybody who wants uh, any kind of changes or or upgrades yep. or improvements made um you you're not going to get it you're not going to get it uh at this uh juncture i mean i just i don't see it and i and i again i feel very very bad to be the the prophet of doom or uh <laughs> the harbinger of uh, of death in in this particular uh case but i i just don't i i, I just don't see it i don't i don't see it happening and if if you're Republicans, I guess you got to be very happy if you're just a staunch Republican that wants to stop um, stop uh, President Biden from from operating. You're, you're gonna you're gonna succeed in that. But I don't know what you get. I don't know what you win by doing that. You know, he was elected president. You know, fair and square with a you know pretty big margin. Um, I you know I don't know what uh, what it does uh, other than sour grapes just to uh, just to, to mm-hmm. put the kibosh on everything that's there. But I saw it with President Obama, um, with with President Obama. Um, uh, you know he he wanted to do many many things, many great things. I think that would have helped everybody, not just Democrats or or independents, and uh, but everybody straight across the board. And uh, and Mitch McConnell said nope. Uh, we're doing nothing, and he stopped any, everything, and anything from from passing through. But they, I just, I, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine how anybody finds joy in that. Yeah, I can't. I can't either. Um, no, it's just destruction for the sake of destruction, uh, as far as McConnell is concerned. Uh, but what he has to replace it with, obviously, is nothing. Uh, since nothing got done, um, n- no progressive thing, no far, f- far-reaching thing, uh, forward-looking, nothing. And instead, we got Donald Trump, who actually lost the public vote, the uh, the popular vote, and uh, uh, only by uh, this unfortunate uh, quirk we have in our democracy which is the Electoral College, which should be done away with. Uh, after all, it's the people who who need to uh, decide things in a democracy. That's what the, the name means. 
and instead our our founding fathers believed that the populace was so ignorant that they would have to have uh, an intermediary body to make the final decision and so they created the electoral college so wealthy landowners uh, white males uh, would be able to decide finally in, in the final analysis who was going to be the president of the United States. And uh, it has gone against the popular vote twice now. Uh, and uh, uh, it, with, uh, uh, with Bush and uh, with Trump. And uh, it, it's apt to go uh, again like that. Uh, and, of course, that was the basis on which the Republicans were conspiring, not all Republicans, but the Trump faction was uh, conspiring to overturn the election. It was on the basis of the Electoral College. So uh, I think that is the Achilles heel in our government that should be done away with. I've said that before, and I will repeat it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, it, we were... We would, the last time we talked, I said we gave a very dark uh, civics lesson, and uh, and I think this was uh, not a dark civics lesson. This was a uh, this was a well written article that made a tremendous amount of sense, and and you would if we listened to it, or if we would listen to logic, I, I believe we would have a um, you know we would have a uh, a much better year ahead of us. Uh, but it's not. It's going to be blockage. It's going to be government by blockage. Uh, Doc, uh, a final word on, on all of this? Yes, I, uh, I have hope in the uh, January 6th committee. Uh, I think they are finding out exactly who conspired uh, to do what, not just in the executive branch of government, but also in, uh, in the legislature. Yeah. Um, in the House and in the Senate, there were traitors to the uh, democratic system in both conspiring uh, to use uh, Trump's lie his, that he had won the election and it was only lost by a vast network of fraud um, and deception um, and use that in order to uh, nullify uh, the electors who were Democratic electors and substitute Republican ones. This is all going to come out in the public and be uh, presented to the public on television. And I don't know what Fox News is going to be doing about it, uh, but I'm sure it's frantically deciding what it's going to do right now in order to counter counteract this uh, waterfall of information on traitors to our democracy in in all branches of government, and that includes the judiciary as well. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, I'm I have faith that this might sway the the voting public, uh, so that they will not uh, elect uh, Republicans over Democrats in that in the midterm election. And that there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. All right. and the other thing I want to point to is the criminality of Donald Trump, who is uh, who is being pursued right now uh, by uh, by Georgia, the state of Georgia, for his telephone call demanding that. Uh, 1,800 votes, I think, plus 1,800-plus votes uh, be found uh, so that he could claim to have won the state um, and uh, and so on. I mean, there, he, he was pressuring also Michigan and several other states, Arizona, I think, too. Uh, and that was a traitorous act that was, went directly against his oath of office. And, uh, and the Constitution. So when these things come out in public and when and if uh, President, former President uh, Trump is indicted, uh, that may uh, bar him then from uh, being able to seek a second term. Uh, and uh, so that may 
uh, determine our future as a democracy also. Yeah, yeah very, yeah, very interesting point. Uh, a great point there. And yeah, very scary. What, what a scary time we're living in. And yeah. unprecedented. We're hanging by a thread. That's what yeah. we're doing. We are. This is unprecedented times. If you would have told me this uh, six years ago that we'd be we'd be dealing with this, I I, I would have said you were crazy. You know, it's uh, yeah. just like right. I never thought we'd have a worldwide pandemic. You know, a global pandemic. Uh, I never thought that we'd be questioning our democracy, and uh, and that our democracy be, would be in in jeopardy. I know there's certain people that um, that. Uh, are, are uh, suggesting that you put your flag upside down. Your flag upside down means that we're a nation in crisis. And, and uh, I, you know, again, I, I won't put a, a flag upside down because I don't want anybody to think that I'm, I'm protesting against the current president or anything like that. But, uh, but you know, I understand those who, uh, who feel that way. Our, our democracy is in crisis. There's no question about it. Right. It is. And people need to to realize it and act accordingly. Well, Doc, <clears throat> congratulations on renewing your your license, and uh, congratulations on witnessing um, a, a miracle. Really, I mean, it's uh, you know this is yes. this is the first time where uh, a man's foot was saved by this uh, procedure. Um, we're watching we're watching technology and we're watching. Um, medical science and and medicine and uh, and and our doctors do things that they've never done before, and uh, just absolutely amazing. And and uh, good luck on this on this book editing. It, it sounds like you're 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 editing for a uh, for a highly intelligent individual and uh, an impactful uh, someone who's yes, absolutely. Career. So uh, to to you on all of those fronts, I mean, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, yes, I am very lucky. This is this is a field I've never dabbled in. Uh, I've always been interested in science and have followed science, but I've never been directly in <laughs> the receiving end of the brand new techniques and so on as I am right now. So I'm a very lucky person. Yeah, yeah, just wonderful, and it's going to keep you young. It's going to keep you thinking, and going to keep you sharp. Um, you're constantly uh, expanding and expanding your mind, and and you expand my mind, and I'm sure all the listeners will will back me up by that by saying that. <laughs> just what wonderful job as always, Doc. Thank you, thank you, and to everyone out there, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, you have a lot of choices. We know that. And uh, we very much appreciate you tuning in to us each and every week. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on the Florence Weinberg Show.